Welcome back, creeps. We've got uh, Josh over here, a long way away from uh, my buddy Cole, uh, and we're uh, bringing you another episode of Cat Dead. Details later. Today we are going to be... Oh, first things first. Hello, Cole. Oh, hey. How's it going, man? Uh, you know, doing well. Thanks. Cool. Uh, today... <laughs> today we are going to be talking about something absolutely insane uh it's another entry into uh our anthology repertoire reservoir something to that effect anyway this fucking bananas i'm by uh, assuming that you're listening to this episode uh you have seen the title by now and i'm hoping that you've watched the movie it's called verotica and it is written by, directed by, scored by, none other than the king of, the king of Halloween himself, Glenn Danzig. Holy shit. Man, I don't know what I expected going into this, but it, it took all those expectations and threw them under the bus. Oh, man. Yeah, like, dude. I was very entertained. I I read a lot about this film after watching it. Yeah. And verified that he 100% did not intend for this to be a comedy of any sorts. Yeah, I mean, like, people immediately people immediately started comparing it to The Room. Which, if you haven't seen... I mean, I know that you've seen it, but listener, if you haven't seen it, you gotta, you gotta fucking watch that movie. I think a lot of films have been compared to The Room simply because they're bad. Yeah. Comparing this to The Room and saying that it is The Room of horror films, I think is actually pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like the direct comparison is, here's a guy who wanted to make a movie, had enough money to make a movie, and went ahead and made a movie with no idea of how to make a movie seemingly there are so many elements of where it went wrong that I, i'm trying to it, it's like okay so if if anyone listening to this is a creative person of any type i'm sure we all know that feeling of making something that you're proud of only to look back on it in like five or ten years and then you're just like oh. yeah like um, what the fuck so was i, I, I thinking of, yeah, like, I wonder if, uh, due to this being his first film, like, he maybe had those, like, love goggles on, where you look back at a scene and you're just like, oh, like, that looks like a film, and you're you're more focused on the things that don't actually matter than the, uh, the cohesiveness of the finished product. Yeah, I mean, like, each, so this is comprised of three segments, and while technically each of them do kind of have a story only the third one really has any kind of cohesive co- or cohesive train of thought seem like I, i'm finding it so hard to even think about where to start with i mean you obviously we start with the first 
thing. But uh, I I just want to come off the top here and say, folks, I fucking love Glenn Danzig. I love Danzig Misfits. I love his solo music. Like, he is a fucking badass. I love him. He's dope. He He's, like I said, the king of Halloween, at least musically. I don't know. I, he's one of my favorite musicians. Yeah, and it I, just, I, like, I was just, especially hearing that he scored this, like, he did the music for this film. I was expecting it to be like, oh, fuck it. It's going to be like a, a punk rock <laughs> fucking anthology horror movie. Like, when you hear that there is an anthology horror movie made, like, written, directed, and scored by Glenn Danzig, you think this thing is about to be an instant Halloween classic. This thing is going to be so fucking rad. But yeah, this film is just such a bizarre mess. You can still see the influence. Like, I think it's very apparent that he enjoys horror. For sure. But the actual product is just bizarre like the uh i can't remember her name the woman that presents the segments is she veronica i don't know like this entire thing feels like a fever dream like i just i don't know any of the details i I really wish that they had gone with more of a uh like an elvira approach of her actually like maybe giving a little bit of preface to the story that we're about to see Opposed to just like, all right, now for the next clip. Yeah. Yeah, it did really have that kind of uh, like spooky clip show vibe. Because the first thing that we see is this woman tied up. And she's just screaming a very cliche string of like, oh no, and this this is bad. Uh, <laughs> j- j- you, you j- upset, bro, with horns, walks in. And pokes at her eyes with her fingers, which is hard to look at, if only because it's hard to watch anything penetrate someone's eyeballs. Yeah. And then she's just like, well, uh, we, we, we got some clips for you. <laughs> and we just go right into one. <laughs> yeah, the first time I watched this, I was, like, pretty unreasonably hammered. So I thought maybe, like, my my view of it was not charitable and that like the next time I watched it, everything would make way more sense. And uh, that was not the case. Now, oh no, when this went, like I found this, um, I found this by like, talk, someone suggested it to me. She's like, look, it's, like it's an anthology movie again, like written and directed by Glenn Danzig. And the first short has a woman with eyeballs for nipples. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm about to, see something excellent the the first segment uh that the, there's several things that looked like something that you would have drawn or painted yeah like i'm so, i'm fairly certain i've done titties with with eyes for nipples before somewhere in one of my sketchbooks or maybe on a canvas I, i've definitely seen you do that yeah it was just the the immediate okay so first off we go to a scene of uh this woman performing fellatio oh, on yeah. a gentleman who, who who's making like a bunch of five out of ten remarks of like you're doing great <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm enjoying that um and i think that this is a testament to why most men are silent in bed <laughs> um, oh yeah baby i hear that that's quite a concern and you know 
there you have it. Anyways, he, he eventually goes to like forcefully remove her shirt and she's like, yo, I'm not into it. And, and he, he's doing like a weird like giggle as he, the, the scene's far too long of him taking her shirt off. I think that can be said for basically every scene in this film. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god, the pacing. Um, but he, he finally gets her shirt off, and her boobs have eyes instead of instead of nipples. <laughs> he just like he's like, oh, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, man, she was just going down on you. She's like, she didn't. She tried to warn you, like, be a little charitable. At least, like, stay the night. Yeah, she's silly. Like, yeah, she seems know, like a I sweet was, girl. I was really thinking about, I was like, you know, I don't know how I would react, but I, I certainly know it would be more more polite. <laughs> like, oh, I could I, not run out of that room. Like, I I would stay the night. In fact, oh, I would. You know what? Because of my strange obsession with making everything creepy, like something about eyeball titties, like. I'd probably marry that girl. I hope that there's one girl out there right now that fits that bill. <laughs> Dear diary. Jackpot. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that you want. Well, I guess I'm just... Oh, yeah, fuck. A friend of hers walks into the room and gives her some like positivity and she's like, hey, you know what? Don't even sweat over this dude. Yeah, which like, doesn't she say something like you'll you'll find someone eventually or or, or... something like that? Yeah. You know, and did does she 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 either falls asleep or she's like just closing her eyes, but her breasts are also crying on account of the eyeballs, and <laughs> so and they never the sleep. Eye... <laughs> yeah, there there's no movement to these things. There, this weird spider is crawling on the ground. It had fallen from a plant and a single tear lands on it transforming it into the makeup for this six-armed spider dude yeah like it <laughs> looked i think it looked rad you know what he were he really reminded me of like the um i think it's the schism tool video or I, it's one of it's one of them. It's one of one of Tool's videos from the early two thousands, where there's this like black eyed, um, like white whitish gray skinned, alien looking dude. Like they, it was really reminiscent of that. I think that in concept art, this could have looked maybe cool. It's just his two arms that are real, are clearly real, but the additional four are just these like weird like halloween store yeah spirit of halloween quality arms that are just kind of jiggling on his side like there's no articulation <laughs> and the makeup is so inconsistent in this film where i don't know how they applied the body paint because i think that he's wearing some sort of makeshift morph suit like it's a one-piece thing yeah, I don't... It, it looks very homemade in several scenes, and... Oh! I... Sorry, I forgot to mention. Just as this uh, girl's friend is leaving, there's the start of a Zoom 
that immediately cuts out. So I think the editing was very harsh and uh, just unplanned. But the reason I bring that up is because with the zooms, uh, which there are several of in this film, there's a lot of close-ups that should not have been close-ups. <laughs> and the the homemade quality of... The, if someone made this as a Halloween costume, I'd be so impressed. Oh, for sure. But not for a film. No. No, you know, actually, come to think of it, the way you're talking about like the, these close-ups that shouldn't be close-ups and like the strange framing of scenes, like it's almost like Danzig heard he learned two different uh like he learned of two different styles of shot so when the storyboard got put together it was either close-ups or just like a standard 2t shot and that was it and that that's the movie and that is what kind of one of the many things that i thought made a fair comparison to the film the room because mm-hmm. you know how it, it, with the room one of the uh, fun trivial pieces is the fact that he bought both digital and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Analog or film. And, yeah, just film cameras. And there, there's a lot of components in this film where it's things that shouldn't mix. There's another thing that has been burning on the tip of my tongue uh, since we started talking about this segment. There, for some reason... Okay, so the majority of the cast of this film, uh, or maybe not the majority, but a great deal of the members of this cast are adult film actors and actresses, which is dope. We, you know, have supported the arts in our time. Um, I don't think any of them are French. And for some reason, <laughs> this segment is set in france i guess and all of them are is it not because they're all doing horrific french accents okay so i am dying to talk about this (laughs) and yes you are very correct you would assume that this segment must take place in a french-speaking location at one scene she walks into a theater and the sign, although obstructed, clearly states that they're in Los Angeles. Right. Okay. So. And I was reading about this afterwards, and that is 100% an oversight. Apparently, Dan Zig said, oops, it was supposed to be Paris. <laughs> so. But why? Is it like. No, no. Is it. Is it because you have this idea that Paris is more romantic? Like, because this is sort of a romantic story. We haven't even talked about the actual, like, I guess the... Yeah, we haven't even really talked about, like, the actual plot of this segment. Because there's so much to just digest about the construction of it. And, like... Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Uh, so, it follows... I guess we're introduced to the eye boob woman i think her name is danette or something like that the protagonist of this of this story is the spider-man right well i wouldn't say that he's the i guess he's an antagonist because he goes he goes around killing sex workers yeah uh, which is not 
great. I think I, I go back. What is his motivate? Is it because he's a spider? Yeah, what's the message? Um, if there is one, because he seems to be killing innocent people. Like, given the first scene, right? Yeah. I thought that he was supposed to be some sort of avenger and would have pursued the dude. Well, I thought that he was supposed, like, he was brought to life by her tears, exactly. her milky, milky tears, and then, like, I, I, I thought maybe that would make him like love her, but then he does, doesn't he? Like, he is in love with her, and he kills all these other women for some reason, or am I just projecting that he's in love with her? I don't think that he's in love with her. I think that he's supposed to represent like a part of her because he, he, he's only able to operate when she's sleeping. Whoa, I don't even so, I didn't notice that detail. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, like I can't wait until you go to sleep because I'm able to go uh, do my thing, which happens to be killing all of your friends. Yeah. And then and sorry, doesn't he have like extended moments of like just monologues in a in a blue room like in dark blue light like he just he's like talking to her but he's alone and she obviously can't hear him he's just like waxing poetic about so but like the lines don't even make sense yeah there's a lot of stuff that didn't make sense in my opinion it's i i think that she can always hear him in her head uh regardless of where he is I don't either way yeah like the the whole plot of this segment is that he is not only killing sex workers but he's doing it uh, specifically by breaking their necks which I don't see why that is the form of execution as he's supposed to be some sort of personified spider I thought well, it's it because been... he's got all his arms I mean I guess I was hoping <laughs> that they go for like a poison angle or something and, and or like he could just bite their heads off, or wrap them up in silk, or oh yeah, it, he he sexually assaults one of them, implies, like, so so the first victim that we see, is her friend, that was like the neighbor friend her right? earlier. Sorry, the neighbor friend. Yeah, yeah, and she she's just getting like a midnight snack from the fridge, just just minding her own business, and he just strolls in. <laughs> Doesn't he like loom? Like... <laughs> he like looms behind her, right? You know the the dialogue. <laughs> the dialogue is actually. It kind of seems as though uh, if this film was done in a different language and it was translated poorly to English, like ah, who are you? I'm gonna kill you now. No, you're not. Like just you wait, <laughs> <laughs> and he snaps her neck, <laughs> and then, um. Darjet or Darjet, the, there the, we go. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Is that it? I think so. Okay. The the, the pink haired female that we see at the beginning, she she wakes up and she knows what happened. So this guy's clearly in her mind. She's she's just like, oh no. Right, she used that telepathic titty milk. Yeah, like this. <laughs> oh, I'm really upset about that. Um and then she has to go to a photo shoot the next day. Yeah. And her friends are doing the photo shoot. Oh my god, I and, forgot about the photo shoot. Yeah, someone else is asking, like, oh, what's what's up with her? And only one person is like, hey, go easy. Her her best friend just died. <laughs> and I think <laughs> the other chicks are like, oh, 
like sucks to suck. <laughs> There's very few likable people here, and at the same time, or similar to the same time, we get a a glimpse of his the, the spider dude's next victim, who's just a woman outside for a smoke, and he's like looming in the darkness. Yeah. But and she 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 notices that someone's there, but she doesn't take a solid look. Yeah, she doesn't turn around. She just like stands there and like talks and like tries to act cool and mysterious, I guess. Yeah, and then she's like, "Hey, are you are are you interested in any of my services?" Man, the dialogue here, like, I don't want to repeat it. Oh, you have to <laughs> give the people what they want. Yeah, so she, so so she's talking to this dude in the darkness. And he just like very crudely says that he would like to fit her in the ass. <laughs> to which she replies like, oh, well, as a matter of fact, you're in luck. That happens to be my specialty. I'm a bit of an old hand, as you might say. <laughs> um, and then he's like, cool. Um, after we do that, I would also like to break your neck. And instead of running... She just looks scared and then's like, being like, oh, you're just messing around. And then he just breaks her neck. <laughs> Without <laughs> even fucking her in the ass. Yeah, that's, he, he just um, forgoes dinner and skips to dessert. <laughs> it's just, and then I think we go back to Darjet or however you pronounce her name once again crying and I, I think that she leaves the photo shoot due to being distressed i think so and i mean like there, there is a bunch of other stuff that we can talk about but essentially like we eventually get to his final victim who he is assaulting which is and, and, not 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 trying to make light of this in any way but it's it's only comical because she was currently asleep which is what allows him to exist and when she starts to wake up, he's like, oh, no, no, <laughs> I just need a minute. <laughs> Go back to sleep. <laughs> um, but she wakes up, and, and I think he's in her apartment now. Yeah. And for some reason, the cops are there. I don't think that she called the police, but they show up anyways. Like, they, they've been trying to track down this killer and he he kills her before the cops manage to get in and oh man the scene where the cops are trying to break into the apartment and they're just they're knocking on the door like okay let us in there's no reply so they bust out whatever that thing is called that you use to bash down doors it's called uh uh door bash downer no it's a battering ram battery battering ram the dude that's in charge of the battering ram, I think that you would have been fired on the spot. <laughs> he gives the most like, like it, it looks like he's he's hitting it with the same force that you would jokingly like hit a child with to like make them giggle, like oh, like I'm gonna knock you down, and like they're just having like a whale of a time, like they're having so much fun, and then from the other side of the door we just see it like blown in <laughs> <laughs> see that that is a perfect analogy of like me thinking that i'm hitting a child softly and then from their perspective <laughs> my fist exploding through their back 
Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. So, and then he, I think that this must be a massive mistake in editing because they walk into the apartment and like the, the spider dude's just standing there. Yeah, in his, in his Mortal Kombat pose. Yeah, yeah, he's got like the Goro stance going. Yeah. And she's dead on the ground. He already killed her. And there is like guns drawn. Take your hands off her neck. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks at them for like three seconds and then starts a slow approach where he's like, <laughs> he, he has a very uh, Scooby Doo monster. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, just like blast this guy to shreds. Boy, boy, boy. And they walk over. All right, we got him. <laughs> and then one of the cops looks down. And he's like, ah, poor girl. Wait, one of her breasts, it, they have eyes. And the actual response is another cop just going, we. Oui. <laughs> 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 that's the end of the segment. Oh my fucking God, like, dude. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> you well, don't see that every day. You know, like, I'm not French, but maybe they just have, maybe they're just used to it. <laughs> maybe that's how things are in Los Angeles. I mean, they call it the city of love, right? Ugh. Not Los Angeles, but Paris, where, where this obviously took place. Because all of the characters are definitely French. I mean, I, I guess... I, I really don't know. Like the, the 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 accent thing was driving me nuts the entire time. I was laughing because they are, <laughs> they um, it it made for a, an enjoyable watch in terms of laughing because yeah, you question it every time. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's something that does not make any god. It's just, I think as we get through the the segments things start making a little bit more sense kind of but yeah man that was what a way to start a film yeah so so this was what i was kind of discussing earlier with the i would have preferred a more elvira-esque approach mainly i just wish that actually i, I don't want elvira to be attached to this <laughs> but I, I just wish that there was a little bit more narrative in between the segments because we finished that and then I, I think that this uh narrator demon lady uh who refers to us as her darklings right is just like well wasn't that something <laughs> <laughs> roll the next clip <laughs> um yeah she has these little interludes but they there's no substance there it's just like, hey, check out this hot chick who looks like a kind of like demony, and uh, let's see the next thing. The next segment is a serial killer who is stealing faces exclusively from strippers. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Okay, sorry. I, I, I was, I was trying to like get my footing as to where this segment starts. Like this segment is. It's my favorite, but yeah. but it's like, if you thought the last one was hard to wrap your head around, like, I guess 
at the end of all of this, it's like, what's the fucking point of any of these? But it's to make a movie. And also, it's like based on a magazine or a comic book or something that Danzig's involved with. Also right? written by Glenn Danzig. Yeah, which I imagine is probably an, an easier uh, medium for getting out these ideas. I would be tempted to read one to see if it's better. I feel like it's it's like Danzig trying to do heavy metal. Hmm. You know? That's an interesting he, perspective, yeah. It's like full of murder and mayhem and boobs. I, I think that I read Verotica is meant to be a fusion of violence and erotica. Oh, that makes sense. Which, yeah. I thought it was just like a like like the name of Veronica, but erotic. Ooh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> like sweaty and Veronica. <laughs> you know, like, you know? <laughs> I'm not Slughead. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, gross. Yeah, disgusting. Uh, the opening segment, though. If... If I remember correctly, so feel free to cut me off. But I think that there's just a woman running into an alleyway. Yeah, that sounds right. Doing the very 1980s teen slasher, like, looking around. She's She, she looks distressed. And this shadowy figure looms in from the side. And she looks and she's, instead of running the opposite direction, she gasps. And the figure who's now revealed to be a somewhat horrifying looking woman straight up just looks at her and says, give me your face. <laughs> and the woman says, what? <laughs> My face? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then the murderous woman says, well, I'm taking it then. <laughs> And slowly advances. And the woman just does the most like over dramatic, like, no! And she cuts off her face. And then she gets mad. She's like, You should have just <laughs> given, given it to me. <laughs> when I have. And we have to look at this woman's fleshless face. The, the, these are the scenes where, like, I, I really don't know what it looked like to Danzig, but. It seems so over the top to the point where I, I imagine at least one person would have given him some constructive feedback. I have a feeling this is a scenario where he, uh, being the writer and director, I think it was basically like a my way or the highway. Like nobody's, nobody's mm. giving him notes on these things. It's like, this is how it's going to be. That's, I feel like that's the case. Yeah, yeah. You feel like you've got a or i guess yeah you have a vision totally which is i don't i don't really even know where we go oh right no i'm pretty sure that we just cut straight to a a scene in a strip club and we we get about like four minutes yo this uh, it's just like a montage it is of strippers it is crazy making like it is this scene lasts so long like like halfway through it, I'm like, "How is this still going?" And and it just and it just keeps going. 
and going and going and going and you like you have no context for even being here because you cut from faceless woman to now i'm in the saddest looking strip club that i've ever seen and i haven't seen a great many but it's it's first of all it's lit like you're at the fucking canadian legion and (laughs) and there's like three people in there and it's the same people every day because we come back to this strip club often and it it looks like it takes place in the, the the back room of a strip mall like it is it's it's fucking bad dude nobody's getting boners in there <laughs> okay so i saw my first uh i i got my first like solid glimpse at a pair of boobs when i was 14 i was looking for cheat codes for a playstation 2 video game um was it time splitters this was uh mortal kombat deadly alliance yeah <laughs> hell yeah and i clicked on the top link doing some scrolling and uh long story short i i clicked on the side banner total accident <laughs> um and it led me to to a uh, adult website and i was like oh man like it, it was a life-changing moment my, my point being here though is that was that was a rather long time ago i've never been bored of boobs since this scene is so long that I got to the point where I was just sitting there like, all right, man, wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, I'm done we with this. Trucking. I've, it, it is a unforgivably long scene of, and there's a lot of boob shots with no nipples. Yeah. I'd say 90% of them are covered, and not, not that there's anything wrong with that, aside from the fact that it just, felt like a weird artistic choice for this particular film. I thought that they would just be left, right, and center. No, that's yeah. not the case. Yeah, it's like... It, like, if you're going to go to all the... Because tri- it's not like... It's not like this is like a PG-13 movie. Like, you're going to go to the trouble to show all these tits and you're just, like, not going to, like, give us the goods? <laughs> like, I, I don't, in the most respectful way possible, of course. But... Of course. <laughs> to, to your point, like, it's just, you're saturated. You know what the crazy thing is? That this isn't even the only scene that is a drawn-out strip scene. It happens at least two more times, if if I, if my memory is correct. So, the murderer, who is, her stage name is Mystery Girl. Oh my these, god, dude. This weird close-up shot of some dude's mouth. Which is once again just horribly lit. It's like, all right, all you dreamers and creamers, put your hands together for Mystery Girl. And she struts out and she is covered up. You can't see her face. She's got these, I think that they're skull pasties on her breasts. Yeah, I think so. You you do get a there there is some skin for sure. But her face, which is they, they make a point of her, her eyes looking very unusual because I guess she's wearing a skin mask. Yeah. And some dude like throws her some cash. Right, but hold on, just... hold on. She, you yeah, can't yeah. even see her face. Like no. her face is wrapped up in like a, almost like a hijab. I, I don't know if that's, or a niqab. I'm not sure which face covering is the right word, but 
you can she's like a ninja thing you can see like a five inch by three inch fucking rectangle of just her eyes and if the point of her well i guess we don't know that she's doing what she's doing or maybe we do who cares she's killing all these strippers and stealing their faces and then wearing the faces and then covering that up so what is the fucking point of stealing all the faces yeah like you you think that the better approach to this segment would have been that she was like showing them off right like oh, yeah look yeah, at how like... hot i am now mm-hmm. with my um, dead skin mask shout out slayer but even with the mask, her uh, primarily her eyes look terrifying, and they they make a point of that because some dude throws her some paper money as you as you do. <laughs> We're not throwing toonies at him. I, I go to them all the time. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> and then she just kneels down, like stares at this dude until he flees. <laughs> So he's like, now, oh, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> okay, so if you're going to scare away your patrons, how, A, how do you still have a job at this club? What is the point of even stripping if you don't want the money? And the fact that she is the hype girl. Yeah, she's the one, the one you've all been waiting for. And you put your f- hands together. Dreamers and creamers. Uh, what, what, what the fuck kind of name is Mystery Girl? Like, that is just, that is the most second grade fucking, like, wait, we'll call her Mystery Girl because you can't see her face and it's a mystery and she's a girl. Like, you could, like, you could have even done, like, Mysterica or something, like, 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 just equally cheesy, but at least a little bit more imaginative than Mystery Girl. Like, that's, fuck me. When a popular brand of candy... Like, it has a bunch of leftover stuff, so they just intensely dye one of their new flavors white and call it, like, oh, this is Mystery Girl flavor. <laughs> you're you're like, thinking specifically of Airheads. Yeah, you're right in there, man. <laughs> I can taste it. And I I'm always... Sure it was pineapple. <laughs> oh, pineapple, that's a good call. Yeah, it was, it was, definitely, so it was definitely pineapple. It was or so it was just all was the flavors. Good. It was just all yeah, the fruit I, flavors together. I... I I don't care if they screwed us over and just... I don't even care if they tricked me into eating a flavor that I regularly bought and dyed it white. <laughs> it was delicious. Yeah, it was great. Um, Airheads are great. I want to go... I'm going to go get some after this. Hell yeah. If you guys want to sponsor us, <laughs> I mean, we're open to it. Um, yeah, we, we do have applications... Uh, or, or We're accepting applications for sponsorship. So uh, send those through to cddlpod at gmail.com and we'll have our marketing guy look at them. Hey Jim, those two autistic kids that you're talking about want to sponsor <laughs> Um, my, my favorite scene in this entire film is I, I think it's directly after this extended uh, stripping montage. Oh, sorry, actually I'm Gonna backpedal here. Yeah, don't I jump think... too far ahead. We wouldn't want to lose any context. <laughs> we don't want to miss the juice. This is, I think, where we get the first full song. Ugh. And I, 
I think it's about oh, money. <laughs> we haven't even we haven't even we haven't even mentioned the fact I mean. that there there is music happening. Oh, right, this segment has like three or four songs that like it would have been a perfect time for dancing to like you throw in Mother or um or like anything off of Lucifuge like like I don't want to hear Mother at a strip club, but yes, I, you, I hear what you're saying. Okay, well, it's a perfect stripping song. It's fucking sexy as hell. Maybe not the subject matter. I'm not. I'm not a mother lover, but you know. I mean, I love my mother. Okay, okay. This is getting. I'm going off the rails here. What I'm saying is, I've seen people strip to mother, and it is a great stripping song. Just don't focus on the the words and just hear Danzig go like. You know. It's a rad track. <laughs> it's like really it's, good. Yeah, yeah, like it's such a it's such a banger. And y- you told me about this movie after you had already watched it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So I knew that it was going bad. However, I still went into it optimistic, being like, well, at least the soundtrack should be dope. Nope. <laughs> no. Like straight up, like I don't know, like did, because it doesn't sound like he record, like he didn't perform these songs, but I guess did he, he not. I don't. It didn't sound like any dancing I've ever heard. Well, he's also much older than he used to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope to hell that all he did was write those songs and that he got someone else to perform them. But it sounds like the worst, the worst kind of new metal, like, that's N-U metal. So so my guess is that he did perform them. And I would go, like, I think that a lot of the problem with this film is the fact that I highly doubt he delegated anything. And uh, much like you were saying earlier, the the whole, like, you know, this is how we're doing it. And we're sticking with it. He probably bit off so much more than he could chew. So yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm going to, like, demerit him for his music-making ability. He's clearly shown me that uh, he is a very capable capable musician. But, but, like, he was probably under such an insane amount of stress that was self-induced, refusing to you know allow anyone else to uh, like carry some of the weight of this mm. project but yeah like th- these tracks are just the weirdest like type of they, they sound like background music you would hear in a strip club in a 1999 grand theft auto game that's a perfect like a, like a that's video a game. perfect analogy yeah like didn't work for me um anyways though the music aside there is a wonderful scene that follows that scene in the strip club where the there's three cops and oh, we just man. got okay the cops are my favorite part of this entire movie the entire film like this the entire film if you're going to watch this movie and you can't stomach it just watch the middle segment for the police man the police are oh my god i don't even you know how to go. okay yeah please please yeah, sorry. I I feel like I'm dominating a lot of airtime. I no, it's good been... because uh, like you're honestly, I blocked out a lot of this from my memory, and and 
going to pull back the curtain a little bit here on, on uh, for our audience here because you know people people like to get the inside baseball kind of thing i um i've seen this film one and a half times as i mentioned the first time i was absolutely hammered second time hung over so i was able to focus but that was like a month month and a half ago so it's not super fresh in my mind uh but you're really dragging up a lot of a lot of repressed memories and i'm loving it this is a little trip down oh. horrible memory lane. All right, then uh, allow me to self-indulgently just really like stretch <laughs> this scene out. So let's go, baby. We've got a, I'm gonna say a semi close-up of three police officers, and they're just intently staring forward. And I think one of them has a coffee. Maybe I was just putting that in there myself because I'm sure that I wanted one. One of them looks like Johnny Sins. Like a super Kmart Johnny Sins, like if he Johnny Bins. put off like forty pounds. That man's a that's a national treasure. Don't you bring him into this, Johnny Bins. <laughs> there we go. Um, but they're 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 staring forward, and one of them is the chief of police. <laughs> there's there's a silent officer, and the banter is between the chief and this one dude who's like, "All right, man, it's a." We got a pretty grizzly one here, Chief. He's like, "Oh yeah, how grizzly?" He's like, "It's pretty grizzly." Oh yeah, how grizzly are we talking? He goes, "It's pretty grizzly, Chief." <laughs> and then the scene pans back, and they are standing right in front of a woman without her face. <laughs> After the chief of police asked how grizzly it was, and then still. Answers like a polite young man. He says, it's pretty grizzly. <laughs> right off. And then he looks at him. He says, well, where's your face? <laughs> That's a good question, Chief. I've been wondering the same thing. <laughs> what do you think the motive was? I don't know. Well, they wanted a face. That's your motive. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. Oh my god! And the dial now. I'm sure I got a bit of that wrong. That is, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I got that 85% accurate. It was insane. Pretty grizzly, chief. Yeah, the, the 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 level of emotional fluctuation is near zero. And this one dude's just standing the whole time, like with the Mister Bean type vibe, just kind of like shrugging, like. Like, look at this. I mean, the crazy thing is that they're all standing in there, and he's like, and he does, he, how grisly is it? Like, Ken, look down. In the station or something. Just, just look down. He was looking. He oh, yeah, he was. Right <laughs> okay, he well, was hold staring. on. Let's not be ableist. Maybe he's blind. Maybe he's a blind chief of police. Oh, that's I'm I'm so glad that the next portion of the segment has him doing field work. <laughs> <laughs> horrible disability. Um, and then there's a scene so like I don't wanna spend too much time just repeating ourselves, but this segment is very repetitive. The woman strips. She, she kills out. a stripper. She well, takes her face. And she's hanging these faces on her wall in her room where it's just a mirror 
and a candle and that's it kind of like where does she live who is like is she paying rent is that she's like and she's she's talking to the faces and she's making it seem like um she's making it seem like she's she's got to hit like a certain number of faces i i think that she because isn't she trying to like complete her collection i think that the final number ends up being 13 which is not correct yeah there's like six faces on the wall the face yeah and i'm not sure if you felt this as well but i i really feel like this entire segment was directly inspired by the film maniac oh i could see that like and that, that that film is a cult classic in and of itself so it's definitely not for everyone i i had very mixed feelings about that film but at least it had some sort of structure right? yeah um this one is just anyways so wait uh, before we terry or before we continue further when you were a kid did did your parents ever buy you did they ever buy like you know like bologna I, i'm sure they we, we bought like deli meat yeah did you ever did you ever take a slice of that meat and fold never. it over and and never and bite bite a couple eye holes in it and and then bite bite like a little mouth hole in it and then and then like put it on your face as if it was a face. I I was <laughs> so grossed out watching kids do that at school, <laughs> and I couldn't understand why. I was the weird kid. I was the guy that liked horror movies. I was the guy that liked drawing monsters. And I was the only kid that wasn't cutting faces after my sandwich meat. What the hell? Just eat your food, man. No, man, you gotta just just something about like putting a, a nice cold piece of bologna against your face. Yeah, there's something about it, I'm sure. My god. Anyway, the the faces the faces that that are on the wall look exactly that's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, she must have had the highest quality of kitchen knife to get these, like, paper-thin slices. I think that these were more than likely the worst props in the film. Yeah. They looked... You know when you go to, like, a Halloween store and you buy something that you know for a fact the markup is just outrageous due to the low quality? Totally. I don't know why they didn't just buy Halloween store faces. Yeah, they, you know, they would have worked so like, much better. Yeah, like eight bucks a face. I don't know what these are made out of. They looked terrible. I think we've established that they are made of bologna. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a special on it, like the, the local grocer. Well, then you also have to pay craft services because you can just like feed them the faces like between takes. Hey, all right, okay. Thrifty. <laughs> all right, guys, just make sure you wash the lipstick off. <laughs> no, they make that with ketchup. Don't. Oh, you're not thinking no, this that, through, buddy. Oh no, you're you're right. That would actually explain a lot. <laughs> I'm glad that you did a deep dive on this. <laughs> hey, I always deep dive baloney. Let's move it. They, Let's they keep it moving. All right. Just, um, the next scene with the police, though, I think the chief of police is talking to his 
superior? So, like, what's above the chief? The mayor. The, okay. <laughs> That's it. Um, so maybe he was there... a sergeant and talking to his chief? Okay, may, really maybe. Or may, maybe, actually, yeah. That, that might... The, the important cop is talking to a apparently more important human. Um, and they're in a, in a room. There's another woman without her face. And he straight up just says something along the lines of like, yeah, I think that this murderer is trying to take all their faces. To which the guy replies, you think? <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, don't, don't worry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch this guy. And there's the, the there's like a scene of <laughs> the, the, this like new dude has just like got his arm placed nicely, yeah, on the chief's shoulder, and they're just staring. Yeah. Like, it's a very upsetting day for both of them, and he just wants to be held. What you what you snacking on there? Say a uh, fruit roll up. Oh fuck yeah! I used to bite eye holes in those and. Uh... Put that drop and put it on my face. <laughs> you know, for being such a fat kid, I played with my food a lot. Oh, goddamn. <clears throat> okay, so the primary I'm just gonna call him the, the the police officer. Like the 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 like the main one? Yeah, he's yeah. like a detective as well. <laughs> Um, he goes out to find whoever is cutting off these people's faces. Gotta find him. He goes straight to the strip club. Okay. Fair. No. Oh, right. It is fair because they're strippers. They're strippers. So he's like, okay, like, you know, I'll go to the local strip club. Oh my God. It's all coming back to me. Okay. Then Then he muscles his way in. Um, and he, he's, he's given the, the doorman a hard time. Who's also giving him kind of a hard time. The, the point being is that one of these strippers hears this whole kerfuffle. Yeah. And goes back to warn mystery girl. Yeah. So I guess they're all buddies. Yeah. But like, first of all, wait, did she go back to warn mystery girl or did she go back to warn just like the girls that the cops were coming? No, she's straight up like she runs up to Mystery Girl in the middle of her performance. Right. So ushers it, and I I feel like like they they didn't make any sort of structure as to her being friends with any of these people. No, and so first of all, okay, this is where like it's just such obvious writing confusion because you have. The cops immediately, they go to the strip club. Fine, I guess I can buy that. They know exactly who they're looking for. Uh, for some reason, this, this, I mean, we all know that she's the one doing the killing. Uh, for some reason, her stripper friends know to warn her, even though she's been killing other strippers. So you would think that they would not be on her side. So like none of it. None of, like, he just, all of a sudden, like, he just, I've been following the evidence, and it's definitely mystery, girl. The the way in which this dude socializes, it, I don't know if this was meant to be some sort of commentary on police, but, like, he gets to the back. Oh, this is actually a, a legitimately funny line. I don't 
but he's he's trying to walk into like the the backstage or the changing room area. And one of the strippers is like, hey, you can't go back there. There's naked girls back there. And he's like, yeah, nice try. There's naked girls out here, too. It's a strip club. <laughs> and then he pushes past her. Yo, actually a pretty but, good line. Yeah, you know, quick comeback cop. But one of the women, when he, he asks, he's like, okay, where, where's, where's mystery girl? She gives him some grief. And then follows it up by like, what are you going to do? Shoot me? And he straight up says, you know what? I would like to do that. <laughs> but I'm not going to. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> she gave like, can you imagine any other job? <laughs> like someone's giving you kind of a hard time. You're like, you know what? <laughs> I love to put one right between your eyes. <laughs> okay, but I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm coming back to this. Even if we buy that he, he's led right to the, to the strip club, even if he knows that his perpetrator is a stripper, how does he roll in there and just know her name? No clue. That's I, I that's the they... part that's the part that like it's coming back to me now and that is the part where I was like what the fuck I love this movie <laughs> because <laughs> because it is th- there is no nothing is established ever that he should that that he could possibly know the identity of this person but even if he knew I mean does he fr- maybe you know what maybe he frequents the strip club Maybe that's it. Maybe the strippers all know him. That's why they like give him a hard time. Okay. Solved it. Boom. Confirmed. Open and shut case. One of the strippers eventually like taps him on the shoulder. And there's like a cute little point. Yeah. Off the side. Which is it seems like she was just pointing in the direction that he came. Whatever. Doesn't who matter. Ca- who cares what direction? Like, all right, all right. At least one of you guys gets some sense. And he walks into a pitch black room. Does not investigate for a light switch, nor does he turn on a light of his own. Yeah, he walks in with his gun drawn, and I think the mystery girl jumps out and attacks him with a knife from behind. Somehow. He shoots forward a few times, and you see the gun just blankly shooting. Yeah. She somehow gets shot and then runs away, leaving a very obvious trail of bloody footprints. Hell yeah. After, I I think she cuts his face, like, right on the lower part of his jaw. Right. Which is enough for him to hold his face without pursuit while giving, like, a bit of an angry, like... Just you wait, Mr. <laughs> I'm going to get you. And he, he just does this like long, long little rant about like how he's going to find her. And like, it's just a matter of time before, before her time's up. And then we just get that little like six months later segment. And she's at a different strip club. So he didn't get her. Yeah, he didn't get her. She's just back up, back to her old tricks. Oh, and then th- there's a scene where some dude gives her a hundred dollar bill. And she rips it in half. 
Yeah, I mean, she's just in it for the faces. But why even work? Can't you just just hang go out kill people? Room? Yeah. Yeah, I, man, I, like you could be the fucking janitor. I mean, maybe she just really gets off like almost showing people her naked body. Yeah, I guess that's it's got to be her thing. But the, that's that's the end of the clip. That's it. Yeah, it's um, that's all we got. And she kept her name as Mystery Girl at this new club, didn't she? I, I think so. And then once again, we get this in-between segment. And I, I think that there's a face. Oh, yeah, she like the the the, the narrator throws a face. Yeah, the not onto a corpse. Yeah, and she's like, well, there we go. Good as new. And we got one more story for you. I feel like every single time I've seen an anthology film that I don't enjoy particularly, the segment that I like the least always is the longest. Those two things are probably tied together. I'm sure that I dislike it on account of how long it is. Yeah, maybe. But this segment didn't have as much for me in terms of laughs. Like, it, it no. was terrible. This this whole segment felt more like Birdemic quality bad man this okay so i would say i would contend that from a filmmaking standpoint this segment was the most the most like true to the art form this one was the most like a movie this one actually had kind of a linear storyline that didn't really not make sense because it didn't have to not make sense i think it's also based off of elizabeth bathory who's a real person See, like, it's not Danzig Mm -hmm. going off and creating his own face-stealing stripper, but, like, um, I don't know, man. Like, it, it, I will say that you're right. Like, this one held the least for me. It just, like, it was boring. Very boring, and it it was basically an, sorry, go ahead. No, that that was it. it. It's, it's, it's an excuse to look at naked women covered in blood. Mm-hmm. that's it like that's what this last segment is a ve- it's a vehicle for blood drenched nude women and very unusual segments uh in which green screen was utilized oh i don't even remember that including like the very intro it's it's bad it's it's such bad green screen as well to the you know what the, the... I think Sorry, I think because you watch it on like a ninety-four inch TV that has like super high def, you're able to see these things a little more easily than I can on my little thirty-sixer. Like, like your issues with the with the with the um like the green screen and the, and the and the graphics and stuff like that. Like, they they're not as evident if you watch it on a smaller screen. I, I just like, I'm C- C- CGI is the area that I'm very for sure hypercritical of right yeah. so i'm i'm always, always scouring the screen totally um the, the the interesting thing about the critiques i have on the green screen here is the fact that you you can authentically nowadays hire a 16 or even a 12 year old youtuber <laughs> there are people out there that are super young that have skills far beyond this level that would have done it for like a hundred bucks. Totally. And it's, it, it, it was, there's, there's so many unusual scenes in this segment that just, I don't know why they needed to be achieved with any level of 
computer interference? I think it's just like, you know what? I mean, he probably had like, man, I don't know. It has it has to have something to do with the budget. Yeah, I, all I know is like the, the, this particular segment. I, I I don't really have much to say. There's there's a I, lot of blood. Yeah, the there's... story the story here is that the, there's this Contessa. Um, I don't remember her, what her actual name is. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, I hated her costume. Um, but she like rules over this town or village, or there's a village near her castle or whatever, and she collects virgins from the town at slash village slash countryside and brings them to her castle and then, like, tortures them and drains their blood and bathes in their blood. Is that basically mm-hmm. what we have going on there? Yeah. And that seems like it's the beginning, middle, and end of it. That's it. There's no takeaway. No. it's It, it is legitimately an excuse to put, like, f- 10 to 15 minutes of, here's some vaguely medieval-looking uh, costumery, and set pieces and then let's kind of get a couple of these different girls naked and cover them in blood and make it look like we're killing them and that's it like and there there's legitimately nothing else like i i want to just for the sake of not sounding hypocritical down the road i don't necessarily believe that horror as a genre always has or it doesn't always require a takeaway in the sense of i think horror is kind of cool because when you read about uh, these terrifying events that occur mm-hmm. in real life, you know, such as murders or like, like serial serial killers in particular, right? The idea of having a behind the scenes, like fly on the wall view is very intriguing. Totally. So it could just be a series of interesting events. And I don't think that that achieved this either. You know what? Like, it, like just... Kind of like the house that Jack built was basically it followed a behind the scenes thing of a killer and it was a perfect example so perfectly engaging the dialogue was so witty it was shot incredibly like everything about it like i'm sure the budget was way higher and um uh lars von trier you know is an actual filmmaker and not it's like you to your point it doesn't have to necessarily have like literal substance or literary substance or emotional substance or anything like you could just use it as a cool vehicle to explore an idea even like beyond the black rainbow beyond the black rainbow is about basically nothing where i mean i'm sure it's about something but it's one of those things where you just kind of watch it and like i don't i don't necessarily i want to love it and i'm sure i'm gonna love it the next time i see it but like that film Again, it's just like an exercise in like, I want to achieve like a certain aesthetic. And in in doing that, it's so successful. And this is just, it feels so pointless. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Beyond the Black Rainbow, but I will say that it's, I actually don't mind the fact that I don't really care for that film. If only because I love like how, man, it, it makes me so proud to see that he went from that to mandy yo it's like, like beyond the black rainbow oh, has some buddy. incredible visuals but story-wise it's, it's like, even the sound in some sense yeah. is like, it's a, like 
the components are amazing. Mm-hmm. I love segments of that film. Yeah, there, there's even some actual good horror elements. Absolutely. For me, I just wish that Beyond the Black Rainbow was like a 25 minute film. Yeah, it would have been a great short. Oh, it would have been so tight. But he actually took the flaws from that film and leveled up into like, oh, dude, that guy went to such a crazy next project. I, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. You know I, what? I love we, we might even have to do Mandy as like a three-part episode because I think I might be able to talk about that forever. Or just a super long, like, yeah. <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. This is like a five-hour conversation. We're, yeah, we're going to get Dan Carlin with it and do oh. a hardcore history episode about fucking Mandy. God, I love that. Okay, let's let's wrap this up. Um, I, I can't even remember if there is an outro. I'm pretty sure that there is one more little thing with our non-Elvira, but I couldn't tell you what it is. I, I do remember my takeaway from this... Uh, man, listening back to a lot of these episodes, I think I probably have some... Anyway, I don't mean to sound like as much of a creep as I do, but my takeaway from this film was like, oh, the hottest chick in this was the one who was doing the fake Elvira thing, and that, that that's it. That's what I remember coming away from this, like the end of this film. I'm like, damn, she's pretty hot, and that's it. I will say that I was entertained. It's for an hour and a half. It, it, it not not so much the third segment. I uh, I'll admit I got pretty bored, mm-hmm. but the first two segments, I was, I had a good time, and I I know that this was not intended to be a comedy, but I hope that um, there can be some merit in knowing like how much it made me smile, and I tried so hard not to laugh for a while. I challenged <laughs> myself. I was like, I want to see if I can like not and. There's no one else to amplify my own laughter. And I was busting a gut laughing, dude. I, especially the cops. The cops, the, are, the, the the cops are the best part of the whole film. I, yeah. So, so I, I think that this film is worth a watch. I highly suggest watching it with people. It is not a good movie, though. Don't watch it with your parents. <laughs> no. This, this is, um, yeah, man. You know what? Actually... I kind of feel in the vein of Eraserhead, I kind of feel like this would be a great first date movie to really see like where, like what kind of sense of humor your, your potential partner has. Yeah. Very, you know what? I've, I've very had a, fair. like watching through the film. There are like, I, I don't even know if I could say that I was necessarily entertained. However, in talking about it, it's starting to become kind of, <laughs> like kind of one of my favorite shitty movies it's so, so earnest no that's a, it's just like you go ahead oh no 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 i i was just gonna like uh, if, if you got more stuff i'll say it after I just... I just i'm just so it's kind of heartwarming to think that danzig's sitting there as a fan of horror and as a guy who's watched so many of those like, he grew up with those classics he made a career out of that sort of aesthetic and to finally be like yeah this is the time i'm gonna i'm gonna make my mark and while he may have missed the mark the earnest um uh what's the word i'm looking for just the the 
the passion with which he made this film, like, I can't help but love it. It's just, mm -hmm. like, I hate it so much, but it is, it's just, it warms my heart. Well, and, like, I, I really do. Like, I think that, like, the most able people are the people that, like, they, they, they put everything they have into their work. And even if it's bad, they just keep going, right? And, like, this guy has already given us so much that, like, I personally really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, he, he's done some stuff musically that is, like, well done. So I hope that he keeps going. Like, I hope that he's able to take criticism from this film and eventually make a wonderful product, if that's what he chooses to do. Yo, Maybe films on his track. Can you imagine, like, a Veronica 2 comes out but he's instead of him writing and directing and scoring it maybe this time he just writes it with a writing partner and then somebody else directs it or he does it in the kind of vhs thing where you get like three of your buddies who are like horror directors yeah. to direct segments and then like instead of instead of feeling like you have to take the entire project on yourself because i also know from a creative standpoint like if i'm working on a project I have an idea of how I want every little piece to go. So like relinquishing control and letting somebody else do those things is really hard to do, but maybe you can look at this, the, the final product and say, okay, well, you know what? There are people who know better than I do. So I'd love to see down the road of erotica two come out that, that just has more collaboration and, and, and more structure and I could just see it being awesome because I feel like there are these tiny little nodes of of gold here that could really be expanded upon. For sure, yeah. Like, I, I think that I would almost love to see him, like, just... He's clearly put so much work into music. Like, you can't spread yourself too thin, right? Mm. And maybe with his current position, he could just become a really, really well-known and respected producer if you're the guy that you're able to make man i love horror like you pick out the directors that are up and comers that you love and you're able to help fund and back and maybe like you know do some behind the scenes work yeah he could make some like wicked anthologies like oh dude ooh, if, he, if he got like like a ty west you know just like start like picking i actually i think ty west is getting he, he's he's got he's got somewhat of a name now, so maybe that might not be. You know I, what I mean, though, right? I mean, he does have a name in horror circles, but he also hasn't put anything out, to my knowledge, since uh, in a Valley of Violence, which wasn't even a horror movie. So, like, I could see him coming back and doing a little short. Like, if you got Danzig involved yeah. with like Swanberg and Bowen and fucking uh, Ty West and uh sam or uh adam wingard and simon barrett and all that shit like get all those guys together and like do a verotica 2 electric boogaloo like that'd be fucking dynamite yeah I, I just if this is something that he's actually passionate about doing i hope that he sticks with it i uh okay so you're frozen on my screen uh am i back now i could hear you say okay um yeah you had the most like smug about to say something like <laughs> And I was, oh, I, also, I, I don't know how much I, yeah, I don't know. It got a little janky there, but for the most part, okay. I think that the point was, uh, actually, I can't remember. Say your, say your whole thing again. Yeah. I, I was just saying, I think that this is a fun film to show people. Yeah. Like I would have a blast 
watching this in a room of five people who have no idea what they're in for. Oh, yeah. Assuming that there's not a coronavirus, I'm being very... Yeah, hey... Uh, corona progressive. Like, as much as you'd love to make this, uh, this podcast a timeless uh, thing, we're still smack dab in the middle of it, baby. Hopefully we got some vaccines coming down the pipe. A part of me... Uh, we're not getting into that. Um, yeah, hopefully we can all fucking get outside by the summer. I miss recording in studio, man. Mm-hmm. As do I. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you have any final thoughts or? I think I've kind of exhausted all of this. Um, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, we've got to rate it. And, yeah. I mean,. I kind of talked myself into really liking it, but if I'm being objective, this is straight up like this. this I'm going to give this 22 baloney faces out of a hundred. <sighs> yeah. I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a cool 20. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Just, just for the sake of fairness, it's uh... yeah, man. <laughs> I, you know, and I think that the entertainment value would have been a lot higher had it only been the first two segments. Yeah, that last one really. Uh, that last one really lost me. Man, what is it about anthology movies just ending on the worst thing? That seems like, to be like a trope among anthology films. Like even well, remember Body Bags? Like we'll talk about that eventually down the road. But like it yeah. opens with with a great one, and then it just opens with a banger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they keep doing that. You you, you got to start saving your gold for for the end. I mean, you want to hook people immediately for sure, but save the gold till the end. I wonder if it's intentional, but it almost always seems as though the last segment is the longest. Yeah. And I can't help but feel like that is part of why it's the worst. Yeah, cuz you're ready for it to be done. You're you're ready for like that 15-minute cool quick tight storyline and then you get this 37 minute weird end segment yo okay so when we make our anthology film which is obviously going to happen because we are filmmakers uh because otherwise how could we have a leg to stand on talking about and critiquing all of these other films uh when we finally get that ship off the ground we open with a cool 10 minute segment we do the middle well, hold on. I'm not I'm not a good math guy here. Anyway, middle segment is the longest segment and you end on a shorter one. Just really yeah. tighten it up. Nice nice and nice and tight. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, audio medium, right? I forgot. Anyway, um thanks for sticking with us through that everybody. Uh I probably blew out your eardrums with a couple of laughs because fucking there's just so much so much to laugh at here. Um, I hope that you've been enjoying our extremely engaging Instagram page, uh, which is at CDDLPod. As always, please slide into our DMs, send us an email at CDDLPod at gmail.com, fucking movie recommendations, uh, scary stories, uh, y- you know, love letters, hate letters hate mail they call it hate mail do whatever man just get in touch we want to hear from you i've said it before and i'll (laughs) say it again we're lonely boys uh keep it creepy everybody love you
Nice.